0: If you, were, um, if you were here with us last week, um, you would have heard me uh, talk, you know, just being pretty new here, um, I wanted to take these couple of weeks just to kind of share a couple of things that, were, uh, that I'm passionate about, that, are, that, I, that I'm, I'm passionate about, but I believe that God's also passionate about. Um, And so if you, again, if you happen to be away last week, I would encourage you to grab the podcast. It's always a great way of being able to keep up to date if you're out of town or not able to be here on a Sunday for whatever reason. But I talked last week about Jesus' radical inclusion and how Jesus would often go out of his way to to seek that person. You know, we see it through scripture time and time again, seek that person who is somewhat on the fringes or excluded. Um, And so, you know, it was... That was cool, but last, but this week, this week, and hopefully there's a few less tears this week, just quietly between you and me. Um, <laughs> but this, I can't promise that. Um, but this week, I want to talk. I want to talk about the church. Um, you know, for me, I have become and grown passionate about the church. But what I also recognise is that sometimes for, actually I think for a lot of people, there's kind of this, this question mark of like, why church? You know, like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about church? You know, Christianity, sure, yep. Love Jesus, yep. Not sure about the old church thing. And again, I'm probably... Preaching a little bit to the choir um, here this morning, the fact that you're here, but, but I recognize that this kind of question mark around church is, is a, a real thing for people. And so, kind of, I, before I sort of try and kind of answer that, if you like. I just want to give you a little, a little wee snapshot for what churches look like for me. So uh, as I mentioned last week, I had my mum and dad here, grew up in Christchurch, and we went to a Presbyterian church. In fact, my mum and dad are still at that very same Presbyterian church. So I stayed there until I was about 12, and then, uh, and then in my kind of mid-teen years, I had some friends who were heading along to a youth group, started going along to the church, and it was this, this awesome a uh, little Anglican church called St. Tim's, Kendall ave Christchurch. Any Christchurchites here? Oh, come on. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway. Um, and, you know, there was something about just being in a, in, in the midst and the rhythm of that church. I just, I, I, there was something It drew me, you know? Like there was something about it that, that I fell in love with, you know? I, I, I got involved quickly within that, uh, within that church, came to faith, like I say, it was a really significant formative time uh, in my church journey being, being engaged in that small little Anglican church on Sunday nights. Uh, during that time, I was kind of dipping my toes also into a New Life church uh, so kind of exposed to more of the Pentecostal kind of ways of things, uh, and there also happened to be a pretty girl that uh, was going to that church that was a certain motivator to uh, be there. There wasn't that one. I didn't even notice it. No, she's saying that. She's, it's, I'll let her tell that story another time. Uh, that might be slightly twisting the truth there, actually, wouldn't it? yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but, uh, yeah, so I dipped my toes into this new life uh, Church this Pentecostal church, uh, and then we moved up to Auckland. Uh, again, <laughs> I think the official terminology for my motivating for move is to chase the skirt. Again, she's sitting, she's sitting out here. I' married her, so it worked out well. But as we moved, as we moved up, <laughs> we, got in, uh, we got involved in this large um, Pentecostal church, independent Pentecostal church called Life, that many of you will be familiar with. And then fast forward a few years, and then we discover the vineyard. And uh, I, I, I must admit that um, discovering the vineyard for us and for me has, has felt a bit like coming home. Uh, it's felt a bit like sort of finding your tribe, you know, like finding the right sort of fit uh, for church life, which has been really significant and really special for me. But, but what I've recognised kind of as I look back on my life and through that journey is... I actually really value the variety that there is within the church, Big C Church. You know, I, I love the fact that someone can connect with God in a small if it is, quiet, reflective, a place where they practice spiritual spiritual practices which have been done for literally centuries, I love the fact that, God can, that someone can go in there and they can connect with God within that community. I also love the fact that in a crowd of thousands of people with lights and music that stimulates all the senses, I love that equally so, someone can go into that environment and they can connect With the same God. I love the variety that there is within the church. I recognize that every church has got its challenges, every church has got its things going on, its quirks, its qualities. That, you know, that real saying if you uh, ever find a perfect church, don't join it because it won't be perfect anymore. You know, it's, it's cliche, but it's actually really true. There's no such thing as a perfect church, because there's this there's this one thing that's common to all churches, which is a big, big problem. <laughs> People. <laughs> People. It's this crazy, it's this crazy idea that God has. To set up this thing that happens where he entrusts the likes of you and me to gather together to be in community and for it to represent who he is. Isn't that a crazy thought that someone with absolutely no experience of church, no experience of who God is, they would come into here, come into this community, this body of people, and they would find out and discover and know what God is like because of the way that they look at you. Isn't that a crazy thing? (laughs) Like, Can't you just kind of see that plan falling down pretty quick? (laughs) You know, throughout history, we don't need to look very far to see that there have been some very big mistakes that have been made by people in the name of God. Where people have taken... uh, these, these ridiculous thoughts of how they've interpreted Scripture or what they think the Bible says, and they have done terrible things, terrible things. You know, it, even not so much on a, on a historic scale, on, a, uh, on more of an individual level, I'm sure that there are numbers and numbers of stories of people here And you have had some sort of experience through church life that's been involved, something to do with people that has really hurt. It it could have been a leadership thing. It could have just been an interaction thing. For for a whole host of different reasons, there there is this brokenness. I know what it's like, Rach and I know what it's like to feel hurt, you know, to go through church life. You don't don't stick around church life for over a few decades and not have a bit of hurt happen every now and again, you know, because we're people. God, what were you doing? (laughs) But you know what I also recognize, as I also recognize, that I've been responsible for that, that I have hurt people. That through my own humanity, my mistakes—I've hurt people, and not as a—you know—often it doesn't happen as a design thing, right? You know, it's just—it's just life. You know, stuff stuff happens. Decisions are made, or. Things happen through the flow of life that that can hurt, even without any intention whatsoever, from, from other people. But yet there is something that has held me to this love for the church. That despite the historic stuff, despite the individual thing, there is something that keeps drawing me back to this great love For the church in her imperfections, in her brokenness, there is an amazing beauty. A place of broken beauty. Despite what has taken place through history, the church remains. The church remains strong. There's this this interaction between Simon Peter and, and Jesus in Matthew 16. He comes to the disciples. He says, You know, who is it that you say that they're saying that I am? Who is it that they say that I am? They answer him. And then he turns it on them and he says, okay, that's cool. But who is it that you say that I am? Many of us who have been around church for a while might be familiar with this story. And it's like Simon Peter just kind of has this moment and he steps forward and he answers Jesus like this. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wow! This, in this statement, he's recognizing that this guy, Jesus, is not just a good guy to hang out with, to follow around for a while, to listen to what he has to say. He recognizes that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the one that they have been waiting for, the one that is actually going to allow for the inbreaking of the kingdom of God into the very substance of earth where they are where we are. He, he in this statement, he's recognizing that you, Jesus, you are that man. You are the one who joins us so that we can actually have a way of connecting with God. You're the one that we've been hoping for, dreaming of. You are here. You are Christ, the Messiah. And Jesus' response to him is also really powerful. He says in verse 17 and 18 in the message version, I'll, I'll put it up on the screen. It says, Jesus came back to him, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, really are. You are Peter, a rock. And this is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church so, I love this language, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. You know, here's one of these places in scripture where the heart of God just gets revealed, you know. And he's like, yes, that, 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 that thing that you've just said there, Simon Peter, that, that I'm the Christ, that is what I'm going to build my church on. And I'm so passionate. I'm so committed to the church that no matter what comes against her, she will be resilient. She will remain. She will continue to be beautiful. It's something that God cares for so much, he's going to do whatever he can to see that she continues, that the church that is broken yet beautiful continues. A couple of weeks ago, we were... um, we were down at Papamoa uh, for a, a gathering of the vineyard pastors from around New Zealand, and Luke Garrity, who's the husband of Dawn Garrity, who spoke here a couple of Sundays ago. So he was talking to us about all sorts of different stuff. But one of the one of the one of the sessions that really stood out to me was when he was talking about the interaction between the church and the kingdom of God, right? And uh, and he had just some he had some really great stuff to say about it. If you, if you're here and you're kind of unfamiliar with that that terminology, the, the kingdom of God. Just kind of, we just simply think about it as the kingdom of God is anywhere, anyone, anything uh, that kind of that comes uh, under the the lordship of God, that's surrendered to His will. You know, we, we see in the Bible where it, it tells us uh, Jesus instructs us to pray, "Lord, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." So this this submitting to the will. Of God, anywhere, anyone, anything that has that a part of it becomes part of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom uh, there's, there's freedom, you know. In the in the kingdom of God there's healing, there's radical love, there's kindness, there's acceptance, there's belonging. You know, the the kingdom of God's a good thing, right? And in talking about the church's role within this. Uh, There were some great kind of phrases and and concepts that uh, that Luke was teaching us about. And one of them was that, you know, the church is not the kingdom, but it is the community of the kingdom. So the church is not the kingdom itself, but it is the community of the kingdom. Uh, Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message, says this. So, why church? The short answer is because the Holy Spirit formed it to be a colony of heaven in the country of death. Isn't that beautiful? To be the colony, a colony of heaven in the country of death. There's so much around us that we walk through on a day-to-day sort of thing that eats away at us, right? That, that kind of that 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 takes us down from living true and meaningful life. But yet with the community of heaven here on earth, this is a good thing, the community of the kingdom. He goes on to say this, church is an appointed gathering of named people, in particular places, who practice a life of resurrection in a world in which death gets the biggest headlines. The practice of resurrection is an intentional, deliberate decision to believe and participate in resurrection life, life out of death, life that trumps death, life that is the last word, Jesus' life. And I love the church because it gives us the opportunity of seeing that sort of life take place. Place. Yes, of course, we're kind of in this tension of the now and the not yet of the kingdom, that it's not, there are still things at play that mean that, you know, you don't just kind of become a Christian and everything sort of turns rosy and all of life's problems suddenly go away. That's not the reality yet. Beneath that tension, there is the ability to walk through life, stepping in, digging in to a deeper reality where there is goodness and grace and strength and mercy and kindness to be able to go through any season of life. Because of our access to the kingdom of God, and we as the church, we are the community of the kingdom. We carry that. I love that. Uh, Christopher Wright, uh, who wrote The Mission of God, he says, It's not so much the case that God has a mission for his church, In the world, is that God has a church for His mission in the world? I'll read that again. It's it's a subtle difference, but it's actually it's really good. Uh, God has a mission for His church in the world. Sorry, it's not the case that God has a mission for His church in the world. As that God has a church for His mission in the world. You know, it's it's just the subtle difference where it's not that God's intent is to build a great church for the sake of a great church, right? God's intent is to see this message of the kingdom of God come to all humanity, and his vehicle to be able to do it is the church. Uh, We were uh, working in the offices this week, and there was a, a young guy that came up to talk about the services that his business was offering. I've got to admit that um, I've been running a business for the last few years and I'm a lot softer towards those types of people now. He was obviously he <laughs> was obviously going, you know, business to business, just letting people know uh, what you're about and Shantae and I were uh, were working away and he came up and was telling us about it. We we're in conversation and and then he was like what's the like what are you guys? Um, do you produce wine or something? Or uh, like, do you have some grapes? Or like, what's the what's the what's the vineyard thing? What's it the, what's all about? Yeah, it was just awesome. And. Uh, and it just, it just led to a great conversation, and he was this young guy who was, who was really spiritually open, uh, but just had a very common preconceived idea that the church was about rules and regulations and just this highly religious sort of thing, and he didn't want any kind of part of it. And It was just this really nice, great conversation uh, Telling him about God's love for people and, uh, and the role that spirituality plays within all of our lives. Um, just this really cool little wee kingdom moment. Just this little moment of being the church, being the community of the kingdom to people around us. It was just, it was, it was, it was awesome. And that's the message. You know, of the kingdom. You know, you kind of ask, okay, what's, the, what's the thing? What's the mission of the church? What's the, what's the message that we're going to carry? It's to love all people. It's to reach the lost. It's to make disciples. It's to serve the poor. It's to advocate for God's justice. It's to heal the broken. It's to jump on board with whatever God is doing. <laughs> to know Jesus, to make him known. You know, whatever language you want to put around it, it's just to get on board with God's thing and of course we are the church. It's not a building, it's not an it's not it's not something that's organized from an office and agency lane. We we are the church. And I love it that the Bible doesn't it doesn't narrow down a nice clean box definition of what the church is. You know, it doesn't it just do, it doesn't give us kind of one thing or, or even one style of doing church. There's multiple styles throughout scripture of doing church. And instead what it does, it actually it gives us 96 different images, pictures, metaphors of what the church is throughout scripture. 96 different ways of helping to describe pictorially what the church is. So just some examples. It's the vineyard. Woo-hoo. It's God's building. It's the bride of Christ. You know, d- displaying God's love for his church. He describes it as the people of God, a holy nation, a flock, a priesthood, the faithful, household of God, members of Christ, a lampstand. And the list goes on and on and on about how and the language that God uses to describe the church. Uh, it's not very spiritual, but as kind going, going through that list, it makes me think of: Are there any of the Castle fans out here? I think you know Dennis, the lawyer, uh, who's in. The, and he's, it's the vibe. It's the it's the Mabo. It's the uh, it's the it's the Constitution. It's uh, it's just the vibe of any. Straight to the pool room, yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, uh, side side track. I think, um, I think probably my favourite picture of what the church is, though, within Scripture, it just, just my personal preference, is the body, the body of Christ. So uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. You know, I love that imagery of the body because it's, you know, it's the. As a, a, a body is made healthy from all the different parts of the body doing their thing, right? The body is not healthy just by simply what's on the outside, it's what's going on the inside, the unseen. Like we were just had with our life group leaders up here a moment ago, you know, it's the unseen, it's the, uh, it's the skeleton, if you like, that helps to keep the body uh, healthy and whole. I love it that that's the picture that Jesus uses, God uses. And kind of flowing out of these different pictures uh, that, God, that we see within Scripture, the vineyard uses four different, again, pictures to help describe the function of the church. Again, if you've been around vineyard for a while, you've probably heard these. Uh, but a lot of us here are new, and I just thought it would be worthwhile just spending a moment just looking at these four different pictures of the functionality of the church. So firstly, you have church as a family. Church is to be a well-functioning family. Now, straight off the get-go, I know the reality. (laughs) Family is not always that functioning. And I mean that in terms of the family that you grew up with or that you've been exposed to. And one of the beautiful things about the church is that it can be a functioning family. You can actually be reparented through the church. You can find out what it's like to be a, a brother or a sister within the church. You can experience unconditional love that you didn't experience in your own family because of the church. You can reach out and you can help somebody else, parent somebody else, because of the family. There is this inclusiveness, like we were talking about last week, this connectedness, this chance to actually experience true and beautiful family. Within family, you don't always see eye to eye on things but you're so committed to the relationship that you work it through. That just because Rach and I see differently something, we see something differently, doesn't mean that I love her any less. We work it through. It's what you do in family. Family, there's dishes to be done. (laughs) There's toys to be put away. There's... Stuff that just happens, it's not all glamorous, right? You know, as you grow up as a kid, you're suddenly, ah oh, right, the washing doesn't just magically happen. <laughs> and so it is in church life. We discover as a family that there's things that we chip in to do, to contribute, that make the family work. It's family. We laugh, we celebrate when people get engaged. We cry when it's when life throws us the hard stuff. It's family. We do it together. It's also a hospital. Church is to be a hospital, like a healthy body that sends resources to areas that are sick or need rest or recovery. There are times in the rhythm of church life where church needs to be a hospital for people. Look, you, you, when I said before that you might have experienced hurt through the life of church there are times when you come in really raw and you, you actually need church to be a hospital for a while. Obviously, the, the purpose with a hospital is not that people stay, right? You know, it's, but there is this rhythm of actually recovery and getting, getting better, getting the help that you need uh, to be able to go back out there, so to speak. And I, I, really, um, I hold strongly, I guess, to the idea that you don't need to put your happy face on to come and be with us. Right? You really don't. Like sometimes we get it into our heads that I've got to get my ducks in a row. I've got to you know, have life sorted out. I can't go to church this week. I'm just, you know, it's just, you know, it's, just, it's, all, it's all too chaotic. I'll just wait until things are looking a bit better and then I'll come along. No. No, no, no. just come as you are. Uh, Like you'll probably hear the guy up the front blubbering a bit. You know, like like just you can come, you can come and be, uh, you can have ugly tears. You know, like that's all good. It's all good because we're here and we recognize that at times church needs to be a hospital, it needs to be a place where you feel safe to belong and just be as you are. Uh, It's also a school. Uh, it's a place for growing and learning. I remember this uh, one particular little occasion. I think I must have been, I don't know, kind of maybe late teens, early 20s, somewhere in there. I was sitting in a, sitting in a prayer meeting, and uh, there was, a, I don't know, maybe 10 of us or something like that, and we were praying, praying away. And I had one of those moments, I, I kind of had something that I thought, mm, I, think, I think I should pray that. So I prayed it. That was all fine. And I kind of had that question mark. I wonder if that was God, you know? Like, I wonder if that was God that I was sensing. And then after the prayer meeting, one of these older gentlemen, a guy by the name of Paul Davies, who's passed away now, great old guy, he came to me and he said, you know what, Stanley? I, when, when, we were in that, when we were just praying then, I felt God say to, to me that exact same thing that you prayed. But he asked me not to pray it. Because somebody else in the group was about to pray it. And you know what? Just again, just this little wee moment of just being, oh, that's what it's like to hear the voice of God. I can do that. That's cool. This schooling, this learning, this development. I love the advantage that being engaged in church, community, and family life does for the workplace. When we go and find ourselves in different workspaces and interacting with a whole host of different people from different walks of life, from different backgrounds, with different ideas, man, if we've been engaged in church life, we have on such a great step forward and able to be able to contribute in that sort of environment. In the same sort of way, I love the leadership opportunities that come through being involved in church. You know, like I I love it that church is actually functioning as a school. It's helping to develop, to grow, to, to put us into scenarios and situations that cause us to move forward in our life of faith. I love that the church is to equip the body. To equip the body. It's not to equip the body so that the body looks good. It's to equip the body so that the body is functional and healthy and strong and actually carries out what it's meant to do. So the, so the church, uh, it's, uh, it's a family, it's hospital, it's school, and it's also an army. An army. It's about working together for a common cause. About supporting each other through the, the tough stuff as well as the good stuff. It's like, it's like, this beautiful, well functioning peloton uh, in the middle of a cycle race, uh, where you just everyone's just taking their turn, then clicking back in and ju- jumping into the slipstream. It's, oh, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> It was like, whoo, that went over like 90% of the people in the room. (laughs) But it's actually this functioning together, this, this moving forward together. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Fight for faith. Fight for kindness. Fight for freedom. Fight for love. Fight the good fight of faith. So church is family, hospital, school, and army. And kind of as I just sort of draw things to a close a little bit, um, now if there, was, if there was one foundational thing that I saw was important throughout everything in church life, it's just that simply it's about Jesus. It's actually really easy to get off track with doing the church thing. Whoop, we forgot Jesus. (laughs) You know, like it's never anyone's heart, but you just, you get going on it, you know. What I've learned and I continue to learn is that it's so important in the rhythm of church family life that we keep coming back. It's It's why we do communion, you know. We keep coming back into this central place. It's about Jesus. It's simply about carrying the message that Jesus brought, helping people to connect with Him, to love Him. And amongst the the messiness, the brokenness, beautiful thing. Is that it's about Jesus. And I love that that's what the church stands for. I want to encourage you today and forever (laughs) to embrace her broken beauty, embrace her broken beauty.